And welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Deliberation Sports Podcast coming to y'all wherever you may be, however you may be listening, man. We definitely appreciate y'all for checking us out. Once again, we are back with the Memphis Tigers Bahama edition, uh, Bahamas, that is, edition of the show, show, man. Got a lot to talk about. So much happening when it comes to Memphis Tiger basketball, recruiting, uh, everything else, man. We're just going to dive right into it. Of course, I am Josh Mitchell, along with the Deliberation Sports crew, Evan DeVold, and Justice Bolden. And before we dive deep on into this thing here, Justice, let the people know how they can follow all things Deliberation. Well, they can follow us on Twitter at DeliberationSP1, Instagram and Facebook, Deliberation Sports. And also we have the Facebook group, Deliberation Sports Community. Uh, in addition to that, to subscribe, they can do so via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Pocket Caster. To be honest, wherever podcasts are hosted, it's likely you'll find the Deliberation Sports Podcast. That's it. That's it, man. Y'all check us out, subscribe, download, and get the very, very best in sports talk, banter, interviews, and everything else, man. You ain't going to find nothing better than Deliberation Sports podcast so man look the hype is real uh it was already real heading into the bahamas just the excitement off the charts with this top ranked recruiting class the season getting closer and closer but now we're into the week after um the uh this past weekend where the tigers played in the bahamas multiple games we actually got to see most of these guys in action uh, with the exception of James Wiseman, Precious Achua, Malcolm Dandridge. But we got to see a lot of these guys that we've been wanting to see. And uh, so, guys, what are your takeaways from these games? And what can you take away, considering the competition level uh, that the Tigers faced? And uh, whoever wants to take it first. I'll go ahead and take it, man. What I took away from this weekend uh, was basically – we have a team that is a top 10 team in the country talent-wise. Uh, when you look at the freshmen, I don't think you can take away not one freshman that didn't show up and show out. I don't think you have one freshman that you say, hey, that kid was overrated. Uh, if you look at Damian Barr, you got a freshman that you said it was a freshman that was vastly underrated. And that's what you want to see out of these guys. I think that starting five look real good together. Uh, and, and let's not get a mistake, and you did not have James Wiseman, who will be a top-five pick. You did not have Precious Achua, who's trending to be a lottery pick. That team looked real good. And to me, I know that it's not good to do this early. They look like a team, if you get the pieces together and they don't stray away due to envy or, you know, anything like that, the big head, this is a Final Four contender. I think they look well coached. They play real hard. They play defense real well. And most importantly to me, the last two years, we've got killed on the glass. I think I saw a stat like the first two or three games, or it might have been every game. The team had at least 50 rebounds as a team. 50 rebounds. I mean, wow. you, saw the, you saw the guys going on the floors for 50-50 balls. And, and you know another thing I like? You saw them get scrappy. Like last year, I saw a Tennessee team coming here and punk us. Yes. We, we was in the Bahamas in another country like, get them up. What's up? I'm with that. This is a different team. This is the type of University of Memphis teams we are used to seeing. I love it. I think the team got an A-minus, A-minus 
I don't give them an A plus because we did not shoot free throws good. But I give them an A minus. And with Precious and James enter the fold and Malcolm Dandridge, it's going to be scary. A lot of people forget about Malcolm. That guy's going to be a baller. He's going to be a really good player. And if healthy, he's going to get some time. So I was very impressed with him. I think Penny and his staff had those guys well prepared with those 10 practices they had. And uh, I'm looking forward to November, man. It's going to be a great season. I agree 100%, man. And we get to justice here. But I think it's a great point when you talk about the camaraderie that you saw on the court because I don't think it doesn't matter when, when things like that, when you actually see how teams playing with each other, it doesn't matter necessarily the opponent. You know, it just matters with the chemistry amongst themselves. And that really did impress me uh, when I was watching, especially for a team that's just kind of learning to get together. They haven't really played any real games. And for them to have that level of, uh, you know, camaraderie amongst each other, that's only going to get better before the season starts. Um, but, Justice, man, what what you think? Well, I, I think that we found that uh, Penny Hardaway has is, is recruited a team that has tremendous depth at all positions. Uh, when you look at the guard position, um, a lot of fans and, and uh, prognosticators across the country were unaware how good Damian Ball really is. Uh, of course, we, we knew that, and we've talked about him and even broke, you know, the recruitment uh, dating back into November. But Damian Ball is a problem, and Francis Schiller, Buddy Hill, and just about anyone who was in Bahamas is now aware that this 6'4 kid is wiry strong. Uh, he's wired to, to just defend and, and take anything in front of him. And offensively, he brings a level of athleticism and intensity uh, combined with skill, his ability to get it to the lane, his ability to be able to pass the ball and make open shots. So what we we found is not only uh, with Boogie Ellis, who was a four-star recruit formally signed to Duke, does Memphis have a, a, an elite guard in the backcourt? They've also got one in Damian Ball. So when you combine that with the fact that Lester Keones, who's a 6'5", shooter with a big body who doesn't just shoot. This guy rebounds, he gets in there and mixes it up. And and he's probably 215 pounds, 210. Uh, they are just loaded at the guard position. And and then when we talk about depth on the wings and, and even down low, Lance Thomas was probably the most uh, impressive of the quote-unquote newcomers who's not a freshman. His presence is going to be a welcome addition for the Tigers. I think at one point in one of their first uh, exhibition games, he may have started out with the first eight or nine points of the game, whether it was threes, put-back rebounds, uh, mid-range. He's shown a lot. And then not to mention D.J. Jeffrey, who's a prototypical NBA small forward in terms of size, athleticism, his handle. Uh, Once his shooting and, and ball handling really come together, He's another guy I expect to hear his name called uh, by Adam Silver. So, all in all, the team is deep. They can shoot. They can score. They can defend. And Evan alluded to it, the tenacity, the the fight. That's something that the team was missing in previous years. Well, they've got it now. Uh, Tyler Harris was able to come off the bench and, and put in some numbers. So, he's still going to be a factor. You know, many want to dismiss him and say that, hey, you know, he's not going to be an integral part of the team. But being able to come in, whether it's in the starter's role or in a bench role, and just be able to fire away uh, with without any regard, that's what he's able to do this year. But he's got talent and size around him on both sides of the basketball. So that not only makes his job much easier. In fact, I think he's going to feed off the lesser Keonis of the world. Uh, this team is just deep. That, that's all it is to it. Jaden Hardaway, 
uh, Ryan Boris. I figured they'll fig- find a way to get on the floor at some point during the season. Will they play a lot? Maybe, maybe not. But everybody on this team, from 1 through 11, 1 through 12, has a talent that they can bring to the table at some point in time during the season. Uh, and all I can say is this team is loaded. They are just absolutely loaded. Loaded, no question about it, man. I think that was on full display in the Bahamas. Even, like you said, from the Boises and, and Jaden Hardaway, who got caught a body, you know what I'm saying, dunking on somebody's flexing a little bit. All these guys got to show out and show what they can do and bring to the table. But as far as the freshmen, because we kind of went through some of the guys from from the upper class to the freshmen, but just focusing on the freshmen right now, who impressed you guys the most or just impressed you, period, in, in different ways? Because I know everybody did things a little bit differently. But uh, what freshmen uh, stood out to you guys out of this whole thing, uh, Evan? Well, people are going to call me biased, but I don't care. Uh, it was Damian Obama. Uh and, and I don't think that anybody can deny it now. I think the reason why it was such a shocker to the casual fan is because you had a lot of local radio analysts and you had a lot of local uh, media people who thought that he was red shirt and they would call him just a decent piece to the recruiting class. And mm-hmm. let's let's just let, let's just keep it a hundred. They said it because they didn't really scout the kid. Exactly. Because if you if you scouted the kid, it, that's, hold on, let me say this: if you know the game and you scouted the kid, there is no way in hell that kid was going to red shirt. Period. You talking about a six four point guard? who is arguably going to be the best point guard on this team. Arguably, you can make a case for that as of today. You're talking about a 6'4 kid. When he gets to the second level, he's going to dunk on you. You're talking about a 6'4 kid. When he got a pass from Tyler Harris this weekend, he just did a drop-step vertical dunk. You're talking about a 6'4 kid who's finishing at the rim with contact. He had a – it was I think it was the third game. Uh, he had a spurt where he just took over three positions straight just getting to yep. the rim. You're talking about a 6'4 kid who jump shot actually looked better. It looked better than it did last summer. So, I mean, you're talking about a kid who's athletic. He's arguably one of the most athletic players on the team. You're talking about a guy who's going to be your best on-ball defender. I think he's going to take Alice Lomax's spot on that just because he got longer arms. He's a little bit quicker, and he, he he's just bigger. So you're talking about a guy who's going to be your best on-ball defender, and you got the nerve to say this guy's going to redshirt. He's just a decent piece to the class. You got your damn mind, or you didn't scout him. Period. Point blank. So to me, I think everybody saw what I've been yelling for months about Damian Bar. And I gotta give you credit, man. That's what we say all the time. You were the first to to tell us about him. Uh, many people, as I know, it was one of the biggest hit up uh, podcasts that we've had. Was the immediate reaction of Damian Bar. Exactly. And I remember uh, Evan bringing up right off the bat that people are going to underestimate this kid, but watch out. And yeah. here it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not just Memphis, but the entire country is talking about Damian Ball. I don't think anybody could expect him to blow up this much. I mean, this is really amazing uh, to see. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. I cut you off. No, that's it. Uh, this is really just amazing to see how the country is just taken to uh, what he's bringing to the table. But go ahead, Evan. Well, when you when you get a guy, he's got a NBA game. And yes. when you get a guy like him, 
I mean, he fits the mode of where the NBA is right now. But I don't want to just harper on Damian Barr. He's gonna. I was very impressed with DJ Jeffries. That kid was a five-star, top twenty-five player over at ESPN. That kid, his rankings dropped at Rivals in two four seven, and and Justice can attest for me on this. I remember hitting Justice up last year um, after the Peace Jam, and. Uh, I hit just as I said, yo, uh, DJ Jeffries legit. And I said, man, what impresses me with him is how he rebounds. It had nothing to do with his scoring. I knew he could score. And I just kept raving and raving about the guy. And so many people would tell me he's soft, he can't shoot. And I just kept telling guys, this guy got the skill set to be a lead guy. Like he's dropping. And I think we saw that in the Bahamas this weekend. He led the team to scoring to 18 points a game. He didn't get selfish at all during our whole four games, which people say he could take elevated shots. He rebounded the ball well. He was a good teammate. He shot well from the free throw line. He showed that he could handle the ball. People questioned, could he play the three? Can he guard the three? I think he showed that this weekend. He showed his total package. Is he one and done? I don't know. I don't want to say that because I was raving about him after the first game in our group, Texas. But what I can tell you this, that kid will play in the NBA. I don't know when. I don't know what year he will come out. But I am willing to say this. I don't think he'll go four years, and I do think he'll be an NBA player. I think Boogie Ellis showed that he's going to be a great player. I don't think he's a one and done player like a lot of people was pumping him up to be. But I do think he's going to be a strong two- to three-year player. I think he's a really good point guard. He shot about 40% from the three-point line this weekend. I think he is a real ball player. I think Lester Keone has showed that he was the best shooter on the team. He shot about 40% from three. And he showed that he cannot just shoot the three. He can get it to the rim. He can finish around the rack. He showed that he could rebound well. I think it was a couple of games he had like seven or eight rebounds and led the team in rebounding him and Damian Ball. I was very impressed with Lester Keonis, and I was impressed with uh, Lance Thomas. You know, I think he can go within this freshman group because he didn't play last year. He's a sophomore, but he can go within the shooting class. Lance Thomas played really, really well. He finished around the rim well. He was active around the rim. He's a rim runner. When he gets to the rim in transition, he's going to dunk it. He rebounded the ball well. He wasn't soft at all. We could have used Lance Thomas last year. Nashville. We could have used Lance Thomas last year. So I think when you put all this together and you point out the fact that you didn't have two lottery picks, it's scary, fam. I I was very impressed with our freshman. Like I said in the opening statements, I think the most impressive thing was out of all the freshmen, you didn't leave saying he ain't as good as I thought he was. Yep. And when when you get that, then you know you got some real talent. Yeah, and the good thing is nobody really took away from anybody else either. You know, with all that talent, that's one of the things you kind of worry about. Uh, I think that's got to be attributed to, of course, the players, but I think the coaching staff as well because you already see the guys seem bought in to the teamwork and togetherness and playing in the system, you know. But, uh, Justice, uh, what's your thoughts, man? Well, I mean, I'm I'm probably going to echo most of uh, Evan's sentiments but I, I, I definitely want to walk it back to November when Damian Baugh committed because at the time um, I can't recall exactly who had already been signed or committed by that point, but I just remember the day and the moment when 
uh, he finally made that official commitment and signing with the University of Memphis. It felt like a turning point for the, for the program. Uh, I was probably as excited when he signed as committed as any other player. Now, why? Uh, partially because I've followed this team bad group for a couple of years. Damian Ball played a different role two summers ago alongside Tyler Harris and uh, Jaquan Walton uh, and that group that won the Fab 48 out in Las Vegas. In fact, Robert Woodard, who ended up signing to go down to uh, Mississippi State, was the Mississippi State player of the year and probably was considered to be the best player on that team. Damian Ball had a prominent role, but he wasn't the guy with the ball the entire time. It was Tyler Harris for the most part and everybody else playing off of him. But when Ball had the chance to run Team Thad, he showed what he could do. And really and truly, uh, playing at Tennessee Prep this year, I think allowed him to play that leadership role almost like a college freshman. He was able to get away from home, get away from Nashville, uh, live on campus, uh, essentially at Lamar and Owen. Uh, and, man, he got it done. Well, his game against LaMelo Ball showed me uh, how really, really how good he was because he really gave Ball a lot of problems. And, yep. I mean, that kid is super. So what? nothing he does will surprise me based on the fact of how he's wired. So there's some guys you'll talk about and you'll say, well, man, you know, this guy can shoot or he can score. No, Damian Ball, you're going to describe different things when you talk about what he brings to the table, the tenacity, the length, toughness in your face. He is an old-school type Memphis player. So when you get a guy like that on your team, it's infectious. And what you're going to see is the Tigers are going to have a lot of scuffles this year. Uh, they're going to get a lot of uh, double technical fouls and double fouls and things of that nature. I have no problem with it at all because it's an attitude uh, that needs to be infused uh, into back into the program. You know, it's something that was missing for years. And yes. it's just the way that, that we roll. Let's, let's just face it. It's the way we roll. So Damian Ball embodies that. But, of course, Lester Keones is impressive in his own right mainly just because his attention to detail, his ability to be able to shoot in different ways, whether it's coming off the catch, off the dribble, fading right, fading left. I mean, he especially loves that left wing. Uh, but that kid, I mean, he's just a flat-out stud. And once again, he's another guy that is going to get in your face. And it's one thing when you're getting in your face with some slim guys, these kids have bodies on them. Uh, the strength and conditioning coach that they have at the University of Memphis is obvious that he's excellent because he's put muscle on, on guys' frames from the outset. And in Keonis' case, he needed to lose about 25 pounds. He's already done that. He's done that since June. So uh, you know the guys are on campus working. Boogie Ellis, what can we say about him? I like to call him the modern-day Luke Williams because he can go get a bucket. He's long. He's going to be in the passing lanes. And while he's young, he'll be springy. So you'll see him, you know, he'll record five or ten dunks. Lewis Williams when he was in high school, had a 40-plus-inch vertical. But now that he plays in the NBA, no one really knows that he can be, he can fly like that uh, because he only uses it at times. I think that's Boogie Ellis, a guy that can just score. He can shoot. He can create. So you can call him a point guard, a shooting guard. He's just a baller. And so when you add all that in with Lance Thomas and uh, D.J. Jeffries, I mean, what can we say about D.J. Jeffries? This kid is – I like D.J. Jeffries because he's played in different roles throughout his career. Uh, with Team Penny, you know, he had to share the spotlight with other guys. Uh, you know, with Team Thad, he was a leader, you know, when he started early in his high school career. And even with uh, Olive Branch, he was able to play that leadership role. To be the best player in the state of Mississippi says a lot about you. There have been some great players come through the state of Mississippi. Chris Jackson, 
uh, Monty Ellis, and we could just go on and on. DJ Jeffries, I think, is one of those guys who belong uh, amongst uh, the great players to ever come out of the state of Mississippi. And to get him into Memphis, not only was it a blow to Kentucky, but I think for Memphis, it just further added to disposal. So we can talk about years where Damian Ball would have been the best player in the class, maybe under a Chubby Smith. No doubt. Under a Josh, under a Josh Pastor. But now mm-hmm. you don't really know where these guys are because, you know, they were rated a certain way, but then you look at them play, you're like, well, man, this guy's better than what we thought. So that's right on uh, with the Tigers and their coaching staff, Mike Miller, Cody Topper, uh, Penny Hardaway, Tony Badlock. They are locked and loaded with these newcomers. Uh, so I, I'll have to say Damian Ball, but I, I'm going to give uh, DJ Jeffries and uh, and also Lester Keone is a 1B because those guys are elite as well. Uh, this class is, is really, really good. This is the best team that I think Memphis has had since uh, probably that Derrick Rose group, and I think they're even deeper and even better. But ultimately, it'll be up to these guys and the coaching staff to determine how deep they go. Man, speaking of lineups, sliding in and out, things of that nature, um, the starting lineups. So it's, it's become a big topic of conversation, uh, which uh, undeniably so after the Bahamas and, you know, the questions about who should do this, who should do that, and um, everybody's got their opinion. So, guys, what do you think? Who who do you think, or looking at this lineup right now, I know it's early and we still have more, you know, with the season coming up and everything, but look, as we are right now, what do you guys think would be most likely the most effective starting lineup that you can put on the floor with this current team? Um, it's tough, I know. <laughs> I'm just going to say it, man. I don't even care. Um, I will go with – oh, man, this is bad. Okay, I'm going to go with – Boogie at no, I'm gonna go with Damian Ball at the point. I'm going with Boogie at the two. Okay. <sighs> DJ Lester. Um, shit. Um, That's tough. I know. Dude, man, because like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with DJ at the three because Boogie will bring shooting in that lineup. You gotta have some shooting in that lineup. Yeah. So I go ball at the one, Boogie at the two, DJ at the three, Precious at the four, James at the five. And I'll go ahead and do my second five too. I will okay. go Alo at the one. I will go no. I will go Alo at the one, Tyler at the two, Lester at the three. Lance at the four, if healthy, Malco at the five. Mm-hmm. That'll be how my top team stretch out. Interesting, because one thing I, I'm I'm curious about is that guard rotation, because there's so much you can do there. Um, you know, because like you said, I know some people have Keonis at the three or DJ coming off the bench behind Precious, you know, something. You know, it's, it's so much you can do there. The only thing I worry about with that bench is, you know, with the, the one and two as far as size-wise, unless you're going to mix-match, you know, the guards. You know what I'm saying? You, you took the thought right out of my brain. I, I really want to say, like, 
I just wish Alo or Tyler just came out and killing it in preseason in the Bahamas. So you yeah. could have one of them in the lineup and then one of them coming off the bench because two five eights, we saw that last year. They yes. can kill you in defensive screens and the last shot of the game against Tennessee, the, uh, uh, I believe that was Houston last year. Tyler couldn't even get his freaking shot off. I mean, you know, it's just so hard running those two small guard lineups in today's yeah. basketball game when everybody's being taught that to play the game outside in now. So, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, if I'm a guy like Ryan Bush or Jane Hardaway, I'm, I'm working my ass off trying to take one of those spots. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you. So, I mean, okay. but that's that's my top ten, man. All right, uh, Justice, uh, if you want to give five, ten, whatever you want to do there, and uh, your thoughts on what, what you can do with this lineup. Well, here we go. At the one, I've got Damian Baugh, uh, 6'4", Tennessee Prep, uh, formerly of Team Thad. Uh, at shooting guard, I've got Boogie Ellis, uh, the former Duke signee, Mission Bay High School in San Diego, California. Uh, Baugh and, and Boogie, and, that, and that, that name almost has a ring to it, Baugh and Boogie, they bring – just a different level of athleticism, uh, their ability to be able to get into the passing lanes. I think it's going to create a lot of highlights uh, for both of those guys. You'll see them laying the ball up and dunking the ball up frequently throughout the season. Uh, and then the ability to be able to play off of each other. I think what people are going to find is that Damian Ball may be a better spot-up shooter than what we think uh, when he has an opportunity to get his feet set. And we know Boogie Ellis, that's his calling card, being able to just light it up from three uh, and really be able to shoot the ball, especially off the catch. So I think that's my backcourt, even though I put an asterisk and say that you could easily have Lester Keones at that shooting guard position or even a small forward and not lose anything. But for the sake of this, I've got to go with two. Uh, at small forward, I'm going with DeCorey and DJ Jeffries, uh, formerly of Cordova Middle School, Olive Branch High School, uh, Team Penny, Team Thad alumni. Uh, you got to go with him. Six foot seven, six eight, about two hundred and fifteen pounds. He rebounds. He runs the floor like a gazelle. The University of Memphis has not had a player at the small forward position like him since Sean Williams or even Rodney Carney. So I've got to go with uh, DJ Jeffries at that small forward position. I think he's going to have an opportunity to do some special things at the University of Memphis in his career, whether it's a short career or one that uh, spans a couple of seasons. At power forward. I'm going with Precious Achua. Uh, he just brings a level of length and athleticism once again that the Tigers have not seen in more than a decade. In fact, he may be the most unique player to have ever signed with the University of Memphis. We may have to go back to the days of Larry Keenan uh, in the 70s to find a player at 6'8", 6'9", with that type of athleticism and, and length and, and hands the Memphis fans haven't seen much of him yet because he didn't get a chance to play in that exhibition. But uh, his skill level is going to have to catch up to everything else. But what he does bring in terms of just his sheer raw abilities is something that is mostly unmatched at the college level right now. It's the reason why he's projected to be a lottery pick. Uh, his, also, his shot blocking, and especially as a help side defender, is going to be something that's going to be welcome for the Tigers and, and the fans. And last but not least, at center, seven foot one, uh, from East High School by way of Nashville, uh, formerly of Nashville, Innsworth, James Wiseman. Uh, I think right now he's about 230, 235 pounds. He's put on a tremendous amount of muscle 
over the past year or so, uh, working out with different uh, strength and conditioning coaches. And he's quite frankly one of the top three to four players in all of America. Uh, and that's the lineup I'm going with. So you could easily put Lesser Keonas in there. Uh, but for now, I'm going to go with that. And then to just follow up what Evan did and, and provide that depth chart, uh, you're definitely going, going to go with Tyler and Alo uh, coming off the bench. And then also you, you'll have Lester Quiones, uh Lance Thomas. And if I'm going with the fifth big, it would be Malcolm Dandridge now, uh, or a fifth, fifth guy with that group. Now, of course, if Dandridge isn't healthy, uh, then Maurice is a guy who will probably get some spot minutes anyway just because he is 6'11". Uh, and then guys like Jaden Hardaway and uh, Ryan Boris, they'll find a way to get a couple minutes here or there throughout the season, but it's just so much depth on this team that uh, it was probably a blessing in disguise that they got a chance to redshirt and be able to uh, lift weights, practice with the team, learn the system, and be able to make an impact for for years to come. This Memphis team is really deep and really loaded. When you're talking about a guy like Ryan Boyce, who was a borderline four-star prospect, not even being uh, mentioned among the projected uh, top ten. That just tells you how deep this team is. No question, no question. And it's so much you can do with this roster, man. I just I look up and down and, you know, the mixing and matching you can do depending on the situation. I almost wonder, and I almost hear Penny kind of allude to this, even though I think, you know, starting lineup is definitely an important thing. But it's almost one of those things where, you know, how important is it really? Is it more important than who's going to actually finish games? Do you think, when you look at this roster, do you think it's going to change from game to game who actually finishes? Or can you have a definitive finishing roster or a finishing lineup um, when you go to the end of games? Evan, what do you think about that? how that could shake out. Is that a game-to-game situation that you just play by ear? Well, I think it is game-to-game situation because I look at it like this. Um, with his shooters, with his guards, when you look at Dan, I mean, uh, Lester Keon, when you look at Tyler Harris, when you look at Boogie Ellis, it looks like Penny's going to roll whoever got the high hand. So with so much talent on this roster, uh, I think the only – people who you could just guarantee will be in the game at the end is James and, and, and Precious. Uh, and that's just because those guys are going to kill it on the glass. Uh, at the end of the game, the close games, you always want to make sure you got two things. You want to make sure you got rebound, and then you want to make sure you got good free throw shooting in the game. I think James Wiseman and Precious will always be in the game at the end because they got good rebounding. But the rest of them, I mean, it's so much talent, man. You could you could have those players interchangeable at any time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I'm going to tell you, to me, I'm curious how this is going to play out with Lance Thomas. Because the way I see him, man, I could see it hard to not. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. And So looking at um, kind of divvying it up here, you know, we talked about the freshmen. And um, I know Evan got into uh, Lance Thomas a little bit. But talk about some of the upperclassmen. You know, like you look at the Tyler Harris's of the world or Alo or. You know, Isaiah Maurice, who got a lot of flack from a lot of folks <laughs> this weekend. It might have been only negative with some people, even though he, he had one good game. But um, he's not really getting talked about that much. How are we feeling about some of the uh, older guys coming into this season? Well, I'll throw in Lance Thomas looked the best. That's the upperclassman, but I've already broken him down and, and explained why. But I will go with Alo. 
And I don't know if it's going to be. Hey, David, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but if I'm not wrong, Lance Thomas is a sophomore and he's an underclassman. Is that correct or am I wrong? I thought upperclassman was just a freshman. If he was over a freshman here, am I, am I wrong? I could be wrong. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, the case. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I was just under the impression he's a sophomore, but either way, man, that that kid is unbelievable. Well, go ahead, Evan. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Alo. Uh, the reason why I'm going with Alo is because we know what he's going to give you defensively. We know what he's going to give you as far as being a point guard, a general. But that kid had a a Penny Hardaway bunny hop pull up like he. It was a nice move, and Alo didn't have that last year. When his feet were set this weekend, he knocked down his jump shots, and that lets me know he's been in the lab working. Uh, and and, and I, I I'll go ahead and say it: when you had a number one recruiting class in the country coming in, you better be in the lab working. And I think he knows that hey, my star spot is up for grabs, and you saw that this weekend when he came off the bench. I saw a player that looked better than he looked last year in Alex Lomax. I saw a guy who at five nine has to consistently knock down a jump shot. His jump shot looked way better. And I'm not sure if you guys noticed that or not, but whenever Alo feet was set, he knocked it down. And I'm not sure that we could have said that at any other time in Alo career because he hasn't been a knockdown jump shot shooter. So I think he's adding pieces to his game. We know about Tyler being a knockdown shooter. We know about Isaiah Maurice, and I'm just saying this. If he don't get it together and McElroy just get healthy, he's going to be sitting down. Uh, but I got to say the, the upperclassman that impressed me the most, just off his improvement, I got to roll with Alex Lomax. All right, Justice, uh, what you got? Now, remind me. Josh. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What, what's, what's the question again? Yeah, well, about upperclassmen or basically uh, players that are not freshmen. Which one of those okay. uh, have, have stood out to you? What did you think about those guys' performances? Like, you know, like an Alo or Tyler or, or Lance Thomas, Maurice, anybody like that? Well, the interesting thing about this roster is, if I'm not mistaken, outside, outside of uh, Isaiah Maurice, they don't have a quote-unquote player that's a, a junior or her, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so when you look at the players that have, that have returned, I think Lomax certainly has developed quite a bit. He He's able to play in, in a comfortable role in terms of being a defensive ball hawk, but now you've seen the improved jump shot. Jump shot is one of those things that's going to improve over time with players anyway, especially just through repetition. But I, I'll say I was impressed with Tyler Harris and his ability to be able to still come off the bench and have a couple high-scoring games, you know, where he gets 17 points, 19 points, and bounce back from maybe a tough shooting night. So that shows some resiliency and toughness on his part. Uh, I also like what I'm hearing from Tyler. When he talked about Damian Bach, who's one of his guys, who uh, has moved into the forefront, so to speak, and started in those groups, you, uh, and started with in, in these four games, you didn't hear jealousy coming from Tyler. In fact, you heard leadership in in, in, in the way he talked about, about uh, Damian Ball. You know, he's one of those guys that's going to get in your face. That's what the Tigers need. There's going to be things that you hear from outside the program, you know, family members, uh, you know, people that feel like they're in the know-how. But ultimately, I think it's what comes out of the player's mouth and what comes out of that, that camp and that program that's going to determine 
what this team is going to be. So I, I'll say that I was impressed with the uh, the leadership that I, I heard coming out of uh, Alex Lomax. Yeah. Oh, and Tyler Harris. Uh, what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, it, 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 yeah. Tyler Harris as well. I mean, both mm-hmm. of those guys. Uh, yeah. They just they show what you need, and I, and I think they're going to be uh, be really good sophomores for this team. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And I think Tyler had probably, or at least was involved in, one of the plays of the weekend uh, with that spin move he did at, at half court, it looked like, in the bounce pass to uh, Damian Ball, who did the drop step dunk, which I'm just like, man, this is a point guard with a drop step, a one-handed dunk in the lane. That is just uh, craziness. But you can see that chemistry between those guys. Everybody is happy for one another. So, that's such Evan a great right. thing. I, I can't I can't think of the last time I've seen a guard, you know, catch catch a ball in the paint like that and just drop step and go up. Maybe yeah. Wade, Wade. I mean, you you start to think about some of the elite guards that you know had that quick bounce like that. Damian Ball's one of those guys. Uh, exactly. I don't think I don't think enough people pointed that out because I mean you don't just see guards just do that, you know, <laughs> even if you are athletic. But that's uh that's amazing in its own right. But just looking at something else that kind of got me was the fact that, of course, once again, you look at the competition level, but this was without everything the Tigers did going 4-0 and the blowouts for the majority of these games was without arguably the two best players, at least by recruiting rankings, James Wiseman and Precious Achua. Nationally, those are the guys, the top two guys people we're looking for and looking at. And this was without either of those guys doing anything. How impressive was that for the team's chemistry uh, heading forward as we uh, get closer to the season? Well, I'll say this. If that team gave us any indication of how good they could be, even without James and, and Precious, I would still pick this team to win the American Athletic Conference without them. Uh, if you look at Cincinnati, they lost Mick Cronin. That's going to be a huge hit to their program. When you look at uh, Houston, they lost Rob Gray. They lost they lost some hitters. So Kevin Sampson's team is expected to take a step back, even though I think he'll still have them in the NCAA tournament. You look at Temple, they lost Fran Dunford, and he basically just cleared it out at Temple. He took his last NCAA tournament team, and he, he kind of left the well dry. So, I mean, Johnny Dawkins in Central Florida, his son left. He lost uh, – the big seven foot six kid, uh, Taco. Taco. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he he lost some hitters. So I would say, even without James, and this is kind of scary for the rest of the conference, even without James and Precious, I would have to say I would still pick Memphis to win American Athletic Conference. I think without those two, this is still possibly a team that could compete for a top 25 spot. They're that freaking good. They're that good, man. And that tells you how far of a distance it is from a Final Four team to just a, a possible top 25 team. It's, it's light years of difference between being good and great. And great is what you have to be to make the Final Four on a consistent basis in the NCAA. So I think it was a real good sign. I think it was a good sign to show that these other cats, they're not just relying on James and Precious. They can hold their own weight. And I think it's a good sign showing that this coaching staff has a good grasp on these guys. They put them in the right positions. They they put them with the right lineups. And I'm going to tell you this. We didn't speak enough about Jay and Ryan Boyce. Jay looked like he belonged out there. Yes, he did. He really did. 
Ryan was out there making plays. We all knew he was athletic. Uh, I read somewhere that he's working with the fours now. If he wants to play at a high level, at this level, he's going to have to get some guard skills. He's going to have to get away from the fours and play with some guards. He's going to have to handle that rock and knock down an open jump shot consistently. If he wants to get minutes, if he don't want to just be the kid who's from Memphis playing for the University of Memphis. But to answer your question, I would, like I said, I give his team an A minus playing without Precious and James, two future lottery picks, well, two future projected lottery picks, and you still look like that. You beat a Bahamas national team that just beat the runner up national, the, the national runner ups in Texas Tech. I mean, they got a kid in Jemias Ramsey who we wanted bad. Yeah. Bad. And just think about this. If we got Jemias Ramsey, we might not get Damian Ball. Mm, that's right. We didn't get it. I am happy. Chris Beard was close to landing both of them. Just think about that. Think if Damian Ball was on their team, I guarantee you they wouldn't have lost to their Bahamas team. Oh, so I just think that they did really well without those two men. And when those two come, man, it's going to be scary. That, that's all I can say, man. Justice, well, what you think? You you got to be impressed with uh, what the Tigers were able to do without Precious Achua and James Wiseman. Albeit, because both of those guys bring tremendous length and athleticism that just doesn't grow on trees. You know, you're talking about Precious, a guy that's six nine, seven three wingspan. Uh, you've got a small waist and a and a frame that can put on 230, 240 pounds at some point in his career, and he'll still be able to move. James Wiseman at seven foot one already has that weight on his frame and could probably still get stand to to put on more strength and the Tigers, one of the things that they will need to work on, especially if they don't have those guys on the floor, I think will be rebounding. They're going to be able to get rebounding from the guards and from the wings. But without uh, Precious and James, Lance Thomas is the guy, and he's, he's about 210 pounds soaking wet, if that. So they don't have a lot of bulk on the front line. You can slide guys like DJ Jeffries down. Uh, who does have some weight on him for a small forward. But outside of them, with, unless they can get uh, Malcolm Dandridge healthy, they would have to rely on Isaiah Maurice. But that's probably a problem that they won't have to have. And so I think that's why it, it was good to see these guys play without them because those are the headlines, the projected guys. I think now players can kind of slide into the roles and understand uh, what it's going to take for them to be successful. So that, that's why I think the trip stood out to me uh, for so many different reasons. Definitely, definitely. And that's being a high-energy guy. That's yeah. being a guy who's going to crash the glass. That's going to be a guy who's getting put-back dunks. That's going to be a guy who out-jumping and out-hustling everybody. So if Precious can give you that with more talent, then it, it is a way for Lance not to be in the game at the end because Precious is going to be there. So, yeah. I mean, it is a scenario, though. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Justice, what say you, man? Is there an ideal finishing lineup, or are you just going to kind of play it by ear, uh, which it seems like that's what Penny's doing? Well, one thing we do know is that Tyler Harris is somewhere around a 90% free throw shooter, so I would think he's going to get an opportunity to finish a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, so it's just one of those things where with so much depth, that's why I haven't gotten into too much discussion. And to be honest, this is probably the first public lineup that I put out there simply mm-hmm. because uh, it, it, uh, it's no point in, in really going back and forth when everything is going to play out in practice anyway. You know, we always talked about that. Hey, 
Just wait till the practices start. Well, in this case, we had four exhibition games. So that was essentially Memphis putting the practice on display for the fans to see. So I don't think we need to guess about who the who, where the pecking order is. But when it comes to finishing the game, certainly I think you're going to have to have James Wiseman out there, especially when he's not in foul trouble. Precious Achua, um, I can see there's going to be times where Penny's going to be able to go with Lance ahead of him if he needs to, especially if he needs free throw shooting or rebounding or the ability to maybe be able to stretch the floor. Precious Achua is a tremendous talent, but there's some things that are going to have to catch up for him. But he still brings some things to the table that are, that are unique for the team. Uh, and then the shooters, you know, the defensive-minded guys like Damian Bob, they need to be on the floor too. Let's the key on there. So, uh, Penny, he just got a, a wealth of talent at his disposal. So it's going to be up to him to decide how he wants to use it. But certainly I think some of those guys, uh, you know, we saw start. And Boogie Ellis, I think, is going to have to be on the floor as well because he's another guy like Tyler can shoot free throws. So his ability to be able to shoot free throws, shoot the ball, handle the ball, defend his own ball defense is going to be special. So, uh, you know, you'll find times when Alex Lomax is in games uh, with his experience in leadership. So it's, it's all about the next man up, the hot hands, whatever you want to call it. Penny can run with a platoon system. He can do a bunch of different things uh, with this. And, and my high school coach, Terry Tippett, was famous for the platoon system. He even ran three groups one year. Uh, so I know all about the platoon system. So it's going to be interesting to see <laughs> what Penny does with with all that talent. Man, I tell you, long gone are the days of, uh, you know, free Malik Rhodes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> and uh, having having him come off. It was free Malik. <laughs> yeah, free free Leak. Yeah, free Malik. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's long gone are those days, you know. And, uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, it's and it's really it's only taken a couple of years, man, and here we are, you know, with a, a virtual all star team of guys. So I definitely cannot wait to see how it all shakes out, man. And the crazy thing about it as we as we come toward the end here is there's still more talent coming in the future. I mean, if you look down the road at recruiting, I mean, it, it's pretty insane. So you almost wonder and maybe this is, you know, it's never a problem to have too much talent, I guess. But, I mean, you're going to run into a whole lot of guys that are trying to come here. Um, and that's, I think, a good problem to have, Evan. Uh, what, what do you think? Well, anybody who's a basketball guru and who's around basketball a lot knows when football season starts, that's big for basketball recruiting because usually teams host their basketball official visits during football season at the home games. Yep. And if you look up the University of Memphis, I wouldn't be surprised if Penny tried to fit somebody in for that Ole Miss game because that's going to be the best atmosphere that you have all season at the Liberty Bowl. It's still going to be hot. The weather's going to be cool. You don't have to worry about bringing a recruit in in the Memphis winter, which is real cold. They're going to be playing the SEC opponent. You know the Liberty Bowl is going to be packed. You don't have to worry about one side of the Liberty Bowl being empty because Ole Miss is going to travel as well to that game. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Penny don't even try to bring one but multiple recruits in uh, for next weekend's game. I mean, this is this is official visit time. So with that being said, you got to start looking at the Jalen Greens, uh, who's been stamped as a Memphis winner for the longest. Kentucky is in their battling. We're looking at another Penny versus Kyle showdown. And, and if you look up, Cal's up two. I mean, Penny's up two one. Uh, I mean, 
pick Penny tried to come in at the end on Ashton Haggins. He went down 0-1, but DJ Jeffries, James Wiseman, Penny has up, Kyle. So you're looking at another Penny versus Kyle recruitment battle for Jalen Green. I, I, if I had to predict, uh, I would go Jalen Green. You had uh, Corey Evans from Rivals.com make a statement last week saying, I would be surprised if Jalen Green's not in the University of Memphis uniform next year. That's big time considering Jalen Green is a consistent top five player on every major uh, recruiting media outlet. You're looking at Greg Brown out of Texas. He was once considered a, a Texas lean, but, hey, that's not a – I mean, he might still end up in Texas, but other schools are getting in there. Uh, Memphis is definitely in the fight. Uh, you have a Matthew Morrell, uh, team that alumni. Uh, you have a Cameron Matthews, team that alumni, who just dropped his final five. Memphis is in there along with uh, teams like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, UAB is in there. Uh, so, I mean, we got some talent, man. But the guy that I'm really interested in, uh, and I've talked to Justice about this offline, uh, Kyrie Walker. He's considered a Memphis lean. Six-five stud out of Phoenix. Uh, that kid has a motor. He's a dog. He can just go. He can go. And Justice made a good comparison. He said he's kind of like a Damian Baldwin, just the kind of guy who's going to come in and take your stuff. I think that was an excellent comparison by Justice. And and he's a grinder, and he, he got that mentality that if you don't give it to me, I'm going to take it. So Kyrie Walker, uh, he's considered a Memphis lean by some. And you have a guy like Chris Moore. Uh, he's a guy out of West Memphis. He's one of those guys that if you don't get him, you're going to look up, and he's going to be a real productive player at another person's university. And people are going to be like, man, kind of like LaJuro Vick. Why Pastor never went after LaJuro Vick like he should have? That's what Chris Moore is going to be. Uh, He's got an offers from, I believe, this summer it was Kentucky and North Carolina, I believe. Uh, He got offers from them after the NYBS session. That's a big-time player, man. He's rated outside the top 100 right now. He's a four-star. I'll imagine when the new rankings drop, he'll be in the top eight. He's that good. So, uh, I mean, and I just was on Twitter, man, and I screenshot it to you guys, man. Um, they're in on another guy, uh, a six eleven Cliff Amari, Omara. Uh He's a four star guy. Uh, those kind of foreign African, tall, long wingspan guys. Those Cody talking. Uh, those those his targets. Um, what's the what's the other guy? Justice top fifty guy who who is going to be coming on the official visit. So you've got uh, Maddie uh, Sissoko, uh, yeah. 6'9", 6'10", uh, freakishly strong and long athletic guy. Appears to have about a 7'5"-plus wingspan. No, that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's the guy field. who's that's, – that's the 2020 guy, right? Correct. Okay, yeah, he he's another guy. He, he's – I believe the way he talks, if, if Memphis want him, they can get him. Uh, I had called Justice last week about him, and – and Justice went on and put up film. He said, he, he hit me. He said, Evan, you got to look at this guy. And he was right. He said, dude, he got that stuff, for lack of a better term. So he was basically, you know, he, he put me up on him. And he was right. That kid can flat out go. So, like I said, man, anybody who follows basketball, they get excited at this time. You know, people be like, why do you get excited for basketball at the beginning of the football season? Because it's official, it's official visit time, baby. And following official visits are commitments. So, this is the prime time for basketball recruiting. Whenever you got the football season start, those official visits start running around, man. So I'm excited, man. We got the 2019-2020 season starting, but we also got the 2020 recruiting class coming to effect. 
Definitely, definitely. And uh, Justice, any any uh, thoughts on what uh, Evan had to say? Definitely, definitely think that Ole Miss game uh, that's coming up is going to be a game where, where Penny can target some some recruits, especially those within driving distance or within a reasonable distance to come. But he's got uh, a feather in his back pocket, known as Memphis Madness. It's going to take place in October. I'm not sure if the date has been defined yet, but when it will, that's when you're going to see the heavy hitters come in. Uh, and I know Evans pretty much just broke down 2020, and a lot of those guys are looking at uh, Jalen Green, Ky- Kyrie Walker, uh, Greg Brown, Isaiah Todd uh, is another guy who I think has, has been rumored with Memphis for a while, uh, even dating back to when Tubby Smith was there. I believe he had at least reached out. But the Tigers are, are warm with all of, a lot of those guys that are ranked among the top 10, 15 players in the country. But I want to take it a step further and bring up a 2020 name or 2021 kid who I think is likely to reclassify or, or could reclassify. His name is Terrence Clark, and he is an absolute dynamo. Uh, he speaks real highly of Penny Hardaway, and it's probably because he's a six foot seven guard who's been compared to a Penny or Sean Livingston, and he has that type of game. He's got that type of athleticism and that type of body, probably a little bit more muscle on his frame than what Penny or uh, Livingston had coming out of high school, maybe just not as much tremendous talent, but he is a stud. and. I really, really, really want to see the Tigers in that top three of this kid. But they're going to have a chance to get who they want. And Penny can now be selective because of what he has uh, that's going to likely return. And we saw that in the Bahamas this past weekend because the two projected lottery picks did not play Precious Chu and James Wiseman. So when you talk about recruiting, Memphis is amongst the elites in America right now. Even when you go back to that 2023 or 2022 class when you got guys like Mikey Williams already playing with Memphis-based AAU teams, and then uh, you got the kid, uh, the Musa Sise, who transferred to uh, Lausanne. He's a 2021 20, kid, the number two rated center in all of America. He's a five-star prospect, and he's right in Memphis' backyard. So uh, look for him to be playing with the, with the team dad uh, next summer. You know, I'd be shocked if he's not playing with, with a team like that. And I know he played with the New York Rens uh, this past uh, AAU session, but – Memphis, when it comes to recruiting, they're going to be amongst us, the elites in America, as long as Penny Hardaway is the coach. Definitely, definitely, man. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for this edition of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Man, I appreciate all of y'all for checking us out, for listening, for downloading, and everything else uh, with the stuff we got going on. And Justice, man, real quick, let the people know how they can follow the show and all things Deliberation. Us on Twitter at Deliberation SP1, Instagram, Facebook, Deliberation Sports Podcast. We also have the Facebook group, Deliberation Sports Community. And to subscribe, they can do so via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, Pocket Bean, Pocket Caster, wherever podcasts are hosted, it's likely you will find the Deliberation Sports Podcast. That's it. That's it, guys. So without any further ado, Man, we appreciate y'all for listening, for checking us out. I'm Josh Midget for the Deliberation Sports Crew, Evan Devone and Justice Bolden. We will talk to you guys next time.